Teaching Your Children. Welcome to another look into the life and message of Elizabeth Elliot, who called us to live to a higher standard each day and not be satisfied with just a little religion. As this series continues in the coming weeks, we'll hear from some folks who were influenced by Elizabeth's life and message. Today we wrap up our 10-part series on child training with parts 9 and 10, teaching obedience, and what a mother needs to teach her children. Also joining us, lead curator at the Museum of the Bible, Amy Van Dyke. As she describes Elizabeth as a straight shooter, Rachel Johnson of the Elizabeth Elliot Foundation has a book suggestion for mothers. That's coming up later, but first we go to part nine of child training. Here's a question for us. Do we need to be serious and, shall we say, spiritual all the time? Is it okay to be cheerful as we surrender to God in raising our kids? You are loved with an everlasting love. That's what the Bible says. And underneath are the everlasting arms. This is your friend, Elizabeth Elliot. I'm talking again today with my daughter, Valerie Shepard. What's your subject today, Val? I think I'd like to talk about what our children need, both in us and what we need to be training them in order to be servants of the living God, in order to be training them for heaven rather than just training them for happiness on this earth. Does this mean that you have to be real spiritual when you talk to your kids all the time? (laughs) No. I really believe in free, wonderful laughter over little things, and I really believe in telling children silly stories just for enjoyment. And so, no, I don't feel like I have to be spiritual all the time. (laughs) I think one of the first things that a mother needs as she faces motherhood and as she goes on down the line having children, she needs to remind herself that because God has given her children, she is to cheerfully surrender herself to raising them. Proverbs 31 says that a good wife is one who smiles at the future, who works with her hands with delight, who rises while it is still night in order to prepare for the day, who stretches out her hands to the needy. I think we can get caught in a a guilt trap if we think the needy always have to be out there. The needy are most often with mothers of children under 10, the needy are the children who are right around our feet. They need us working with them and for them. So cheerful self-surrender is the first thing I think parents, but of course since I'm a mother I'm thinking mostly of mothers, parents need. 1 John 3.16 says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Mothers need to cheerfully face the responsibility of laying down their life for their children. That doesn't mean entertaining them all day. That means training them for righteousness, training them for servanthood, training them to keep themselves occupied at times during the day, to use their time wisely. I know people have asked you this question, and we need to have your answer. 
again. How do you have any time for yourself? This, all this stuff about having to lay down your lives for your children. Yes, we do that. And, but doesn't it get a little bit much at times? People want to know, Val, is it possible to have eight children and have any time for yourself? Well, first of all, a mother who has children under eight at home will always have someone needing her at some time of the day. But because I have four older children, five older children, who can pretty much do everything for themselves, I feel that uh, there's lots of different times during the day when I have it for myself. But my general priority and ethic here is that I am, I am to give myself in cheerfulness to my family. Early morning for me is a time quote, unquote, for myself. I give it to the Lord. I also enjoy that time. I know that the Lord renews me and refreshes me and gives me preparation in my heart for the day. So time for yourself is really your time with the Lord primarily. That would be the most yes. important yes. portion of the day, which is time for yourself because it is your time to communicate with the Lord. For me, the early morning time is time given first of all to the Lord and then I have some time for myself which means making a list for the day or organizing my desk or going for a walk and I thoroughly enjoy that preparation time for the day. Do you talk to the Lord while you're walking sometimes? Yes. Mm -hmm. I use that time to pray unless I'm walking with my husband or my daughter Christiana. But I'm not worried anymore. I used to, people would make me feel like I needed to worry about, well, you're not getting any time for yourself. And I used to think, well, how would I? I don't have any time to do that because the children are young and they're so demanding. But over the years, it's just slowly grown uh, better and better that I have this regular early morning time. I can expect my older children to babysit my younger ones if my husband would like to take me out. We often go out on Saturday mornings. That's our time together. Um, sometimes we stay at home. We call it balcony time. We're on our balcony and we have coffee and we talk and we pray and the children know they're not to bother us during that time. So for mothers who have only children under eight, I would say be encouraged that this time will pass when you're when you are so demanded demanded of all day long, but also just keep seeking the Lord, asking him what little time of the day you can give to reading his word, to prayer, and to preparing yourself to facing the children. I know there have been times when I'm so confused and feeling out of control that I've left my children in the kitchen, for example, at lunchtime in order to go up and get refreshed in my mind and heart by the Lord, and that may be just five minutes, and of course, somebody will come find me if I disappear like that. Um, but I, I have told them sometimes Mama needs to have just a few minutes to think and to, to ask the Lord what I need to be doing. So that's time for myself. I want to teach my children that during that quiet time that I've mentioned before that we have in the afternoon after lunch, they need to know how to spend time alone. They don't have to have other people around to entertain them or to keep them company. Uh, they need to know that they need to talk to God and they need to read his word and they need to 
learn to think about how their lives are going, not to spend uh, time in self-pity or analyzing every little thing that we're doing, but to simply seek the Lord and ask Him what He thinks of how we're doing, what we're doing with our time. I think a second thing that a mother absolutely needs, and, and a father too, absolutely needs to understand and accept before they become parents as they are parenting, they must teach obedience to their children. If they don't teach obedience to their children, then their children will grow up to be disobedient citizens of both the kingdom of God and of the country that they live in. They need a mother and a father who speak the truth to them, who say, if you do this, then this will happen. For example, with a young child, if you touch that cord, you will be spanked. And the truth is that you will give them a spanking. You don't give them threats, empty threats. So children need to hear that from their parents. They need to know that their parents' word is true. Yes, I remember being in an airport one time when a harried mother was carrying a baby and dragging a two-year-old who was screaming his head off, and she had several uh, carry-on bags. And I heard her say to this poor little screaming boy, do you see that trash can over there? If you don't shut up, I'm going to stick you in there. It was obvious that Mm -hmm. the little boy was used to those empty threats. It didn't mean anything. It didn't make any difference at all. I am so thankful for the examples that my mother, that you have been, and for Grandma Howard, your mother, have been to me. I used to talk to Grandma Howard when I was in high school about how to train children because I knew at that time that I wanted to have a big family. And she taught me how important it was to use a clear, low voice, enunciating your words clearly, to speak slowly and firmly with the child. And I know you've taught this in in many of your talks that it is so important to get eye contact with the child. The child needs to see his mother seriously looking at him. He needs to hear his name spoken. He needs to hear his name, absolutely. And the gentle firmness that I remember you speaking to me with was a security to me. I knew that you meant what you said, and it gave me confidence in your word, and it also gave me confidence in the Lord's word because you simply and confidently told me that I was to expect a punishment if I behaved a certain way, and I, and you simply and confidently told me in the Lord's reality in your life, which made me want to believe, and, and I did believe in the Lord from an early age. I've, I've always liked to think of your words as being sterling. They were never idle. They were never meaningless. You meant what you said, and I find myself saying things to my children that I realize as soon as I've said them, I don't really mean them, and it's wrong. So I have to still work at being clear and following through if I've told them that they will get a spanking for something or a punishment. I like what Barb Tompkins taught her children. Uh, If you do this, you are choosing a spanking. And if the child persists in doing the thing which has been forbidden, then she very calmly takes the child on her lap and says, Katie... I see that you have chosen a spanking, Mm -hmm. and now I must give it to you. Mm -hmm. 
because God says that I, as the mother, must teach you, you are my child. Mm -hmm. And she there thereupon administers the spanking mm -hmm. and reassures the child that she loves her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the children come to understand that the parent is serious, but I think it's an excellent idea to get across that very important principle. You are the one that chose the spanking. Mm -hmm. If you do this, you are mm -hmm. choosing a spanking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we do choose to disobey when we know what's right to do. And the Lord says throughout the Old Testament that they went away from him with their grumblings and their murmurings. And when they come back to him, they came back with repentance and with hearts that were aware of their sin. And we need to get that across to our children that they're going to be wayward and they're going to be sheep, but the Lord wants to call them back to himself continually. Thank you, Val, for being with me again today. You're welcome. That was called Teaching Obedience, Child Training Part 9. The wrap-up of this series comes in just a little bit with what a mother needs to teach her children. First, though, Amy Van Dyke of the Museum of the Bible, the lead curator there, talks about a toughness that came through in the writings of Elizabeth. I have listened to a few of her radio shows, um, and of course in the last few years I've, I've listened to a lot in preparation for the exhibition, but I had heard her speak some, and she's humorous, but I've always been fascinated with her toughness. I would say, not just in how she speaks, but how she writes. And I've read, I've had the privilege of reading a lot of her letters in preparation for this exhibit. And she's a straight shooter. She will tell you what she thinks and what's, how she feels is the right way to go. And she doesn't mince words, but she can make it sound like it's just what you needed to hear. And I think that's what really appealed to so many people for so long. Lead curator at the Museum of the Bible, Amy Van Dyke. Later on, we'll hear from Rachel Johnson and uh, a book suggestion for mothers. Rachel is the creative media director for the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation. Right now, though, part 10 of Child Training, as we think about seven things that God is praised for in the book of Revelation. What a Mother Needs to Teach Her Children is the name of this Gateway to Joy program. This is your friend, Elizabeth Elliot, talking again today with my daughter, Valerie Shepard. We've been talking about self-pity, trying to help children get away from that swamp. Uh, we've been talking about the mother's own personal quiet time. What are you going to talk about today, Val? Children need parents who do spend time in the Word because they need to be taught about who God is. And I was reading one day in Revelation and noticing the seven things that God is praised for. And I thought how they correlated well with the about approximately seven things that I want to teach my children in their character. And these are the things that are God's attributes that are praised in Revelation. His strength, his power, his wealth, his wisdom, his glory, his blessing, and his love. And I thought... Through Proverbs, there are characteristics or there are qualities that are taught that we should be training in our children, and they are taking responsibility, and we know that a strong person is a person who does things for himself, 
God's strength. We are to glorify God by learning to put on His strength. Perseverance. We want to teach our children perseverance. God persevered in saving each one of us. He went after us. He called us to be, to be His own. And that relates to His power, His power to save to the uttermost. Jesus persevered as he went to the cross. He knew what was before him. He knew the suffering, and yet he went on with it, knowing he had. He set his face like a flint. We want to teach our children to set their faces like flint. I remember your struggles to help Christiana with arithmetic. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just happened to be there one day, and the two of you were sitting at the table, and she was just in a state poor girl, she just howled, Mama, I'm never going to learn this. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you said to her very calmly and quietly, you are going to learn it, Christiana, and I want you to persevere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've had to say that with every single one of my children when they're learning math. They've all had a hard time with math. They've all said that they can't learn it. And I have said, we're not going to say can't in this home. We are going to say, with the help of the Lord, I will do this. And I said, because I remember crying over math also. I did learn my multiplication <laughs> tables. I did learn some some concepts in math that I thought I could never catch on to. So perseverance is definitely something you want to teach your children. You don't. I know there were many years when I, I gave up because of their complaining, and I didn't teach them perseverance. And... I I would get discouraged by their negative words about something, and so I I didn't persevere myself. But um, they need a mother who will persevere in training them, and they need to know that they can persevere and they can do something with God's help. And another thing that I think relates to God's his wealth, the what what is the riches that are in Christ, is our being good stewards of what He has given us. He's given us a good head on our shoulders. We are to use our heads. We are to think through something. We are to be good stewards of any of the gifts that he's given us. And that glorifies God. That brings glory to his name so that other people see the wealth that is in him. So we are to teach our children good stewardship, how to take care of property, how to take care of one another, how to take care of their money, how to take care of their time, to be wise with the use of their time. So good stewardship and his wealth correlate. Another thing we want to teach our children is diligence. To do something with an industrious spirit, to do it well, and to do it again for his glory. God, because of who he is, is infinitely more diligent and faithful and careful and attentive to details than we are. But as we grow physically and spiritually, he will help us to become more and more diligent to take care of the things that need to be taken care of. As you know, I went to a boarding school and we had rugs in our rooms and we had to sweep those rugs with brooms. There were no mm-hmm. vacuum cleaners mm-hmm. provided. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was a great temptation to sweep the dust under the bed. Mm-hmm. But during breakfast, a faculty member went around from room to room and Checked inspected. the rugs. Mm-hmm. And anyone whose room did not pass inspection had his name read out at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. 
So it was a pretty rigorous uh, way of going about training diligence in us. And the headmistress, Mrs. DuBose, used to say to us over and over again, don't go around with a Bible under your arm if you didn't sweep under the bed. Now, some of our listeners might think, what's the Bible got to do with sweeping under the bed? What Mrs. DuBose was teaching us was we don't want pious talk coming out of a messy room. These things are all of a piece. It's not secular versus the sacred. Mm -hmm. To a Christian, everything that you do Mm -hmm. reveals the validity of your walk with God. Mm -hmm. And nothing could be more basic than teaching your children just these things which which you're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, As stewardship, for example, they don't have a whole lot of money Mm -mm. and they don't own a house, but they own toys, they Mm -hmm. own clothes, they own Mm -hmm. shoes. Teach them to turn the lights off, teach Mm -hmm. them to turn the water off. So children need a mother who spends enough time in the Word so that she gets to know the character of God so that she can impart that character to her children. I think of just simply the truth that you taught me that my father, my earthly father, was in heaven. He died. He was killed when I was 10 months old. So from the time I was small enough to talk, you taught me that my daddy was in heaven. That simple truth of knowing that heaven was a place I could look forward to and knowing that heaven was a reality was because you had read the Bible. You knew the truth about heaven. And a child needs to hear the truths about God. We are commanded in Deuteronomy to talk about God's faithfulness. We're to talk about his power and his wealth and his wisdom and the blessing because of who he is. I'm continually reminded of my faithlessness as I look at the things that I've failed in in raising my children. But again, this line upon line repetitiveness that we are responsible to teach our children as we teach them responsibility, God reminds me that I must continually come back and pay attention to detail. If I've told my children that they must hang their towels up neatly, then I must go and inspect. And And if you find a soggy towel on the floor, what happens? Well, we've had the rule through the summer, especially because we have a pool, that they may not use a towel the next time they get out of the pool. They have to dry off in the sun. In the sun because they left the towel on the floor. Or sometimes with clothes, I have. in general, my rule is that I just pick it up and put it away for a week if they have, if they know they were supposed to, of course, they know they're supposed to pick up and put away their clothes all the time. But if they've gone and they've left something on the floor, bathroom or bedroom, then I'll just sweep it up and they don't get it for a week. I remember Marge Saint uh, telling me that Kathy, her daughter, had bought a new party dress because she was going to a party. And Marge found the dress somewhere where it shouldn't have been, and she confiscated it. And, of course, there was a great howl because Kathy had to have that dress for the party. And Marge was adamant. She said, you know what the rule is? You may not have the dress back for another week, but the party's this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what the up- what the outcome mm-hmm. of that was, whether mm-hmm. she just didn't go to the party or what. But mm-hmm. if she went to the party, she couldn't wear that new dress. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be pretty stern when we 
make a rule like that. Mm-hmm. Stick with it. Yes. And again, we have to be faithful to speaking the truth. And that is an example of, of God's truthfulness to us. He's always faithful. He always keeps his word. And so we must learn to keep our words with our children. I think these character traits that we want to teach our children are educating them for eternity, not just to be happy in this life. If we didn't have the goal of educating for them, them for eternity, then what is that phrase about if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time? You've got to have, we have got to have goals and a purposeful view of why are these children growing up in my home? Why has God given them to me? God has given them to me so that I may show them who he is so that they may bring glory to him as they grow, as they learn to serve, as they learn to lay down their lives for others. Reverence for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Our children will be wise if we train them from the beginning to respect authority to be obedient, to believe in who God is. God is a God full of love, and so we have to be loving to our children, or else it will be very difficult for them to learn what real love is. We're, in a sense, we're really God to a very small child, aren't we? He has no idea about God except the idea that we give him Mm -hmm. by our Mm -hmm. treatment Mm -hmm. of him. And God has given us the privilege and and the solemn responsibility of representing who God is to mm-hmm. those children. Do you want to run through that list of, of uh, characteristics God's again? God's attributes and yes. our the characteristics we want to teach our children. God's attributes are his strength, his power, his wealth, his wisdom, his glory, his blessing, and his love. Characteristics we want to teach our children to bring glory to God are perseverance, thoroughness, diligence, faithfulness, responsibility, good stewardship, and careful attention to detail. Thank you very much again, Val, Mm -hmm. for being with me. It's such a treat when you and I get a chance to get together. Thank you. I'm enjoying it, too. Child Training Part 10, wrapping up the series, What a Mother Needs to Teach Her Children. Right now, though, before we go, Rachel Johnson of the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation. She's the creative media director overseeing the team, doing social media, and those uh, that publish devotionals and newsletters through the foundation. Here's a good book suggestion for mothers. I've grown up with Elizabeth as a woman, um, so I started in college, I read her Passion and Purity, and that was really the first time that I ever read any of her writings or was really introduced to her teaching. And that was so sustaining for me as a young single woman and walking through, you know, what does that look like um, to want to be in a relationship and what is a relationship that pleases the Lord look like? And um, But Passion and Purity was very shaping for me in my single years. And then now that I'm married and have children, shaping of a Christian family um, has been so impactful um, for me. And I read it years ago when my um, my kids were little, and it still is a book today that I pick up and and read through. 
and I recommend it to moms all the time, that it's, it's just a timeless book that shares about the way Elizabeth grew up and what her family was like and what it looked like for her family to rely on the Lord and shape their children and shape the lives you know, of, of their children's future. Rachel Johnson of the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation. Hey, the next time you get a chance, leave a review for us. A listener named Na says, Through God's amazing ways, my twin sister and I found Elizabeth Elliot and have never stopped listening to her wise, God-inspired words. This generation needs women like her. That's from Audible.com. Hey, thanks for letting us come into your home, your office, maybe along with you as you took a jog, wherever we found you. On behalf of the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation, in cooperation with the Bible Broadcasting Network, let me invite you to check out elizabethelliot.org. More talks, devotionals, Gateway to Joy programs, and other resources. elizabethelliot.org. Until next time, may God remind you every day, You're loved with an everlasting love. Underneath or what? Yep. Underneath are the everlasting arms.